Friday, August 7th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the uh, Indians finally had that big inning last night. The, uh, they scored 10 runs in the seventh inning, go on to beat the Reds 13 to nothing, take three out of four in the Ohio Cup series. Uh, Jose Ramirez, the, uh, the MVP of the series, and you know, really, it was it was Jose who, who sparked the offense pretty much the entire uh, four games, uh, you know, and hit the first inning home run last night against Luis Castillo that really got the Indians on track. Yeah, definitely, Joe. And um, it looks like, you know, these, these are such weird games to watch with, with nobody in the stands that sometimes, you know, you get the feeling that, the players, it's affected the players, you know, it's that it's, they're, they're not really physically and emotionally into the game, but, you know, I noticed not today, but uh, yesterday, I mean, uh, not, not in uh, Thursday's game, but Wednesday or Tuesday, you know, uh, Jose like flight out popped up and he, you know, pounded the bat. He was frustrated. And I, you know, so I think, you know, I think they're starting to get into it. I think that these games, they're realizing they count. They're realizing that there's really, you know, there's a race on that probably, you know, unless something catastrophic happens, the season's going to be played. So they're getting serious. And uh, the seventh inning, um, Thursday night, 14 guys go to the plate. And, um, you know, Ramirez was a big factor in that with a two-run homer. Right, he had a a, a two run homer in that inning. He had had the uh, the solo home run earlier in the ball game, and really he's been sort of the the shining bright light in the uh, the Indians' offense thus far. He and and Cesar Hernandez at the top of the order. Uh, Ramirez, his uh, OPS, I think it's ten nineteen something like that, uh, and he's uh, what four home runs this season, uh, team high eleven RBIs. Uh, this is not the Jose Ramirez who started off 2019 in a in a woeful slump. Uh, he's he's come out hitting and he's come out leading, uh, you know, just by example. Yeah, you, you know, and I think you're seeing, uh, you know, he, like you said, Joe, he, he broke out of a slump. Uh, Wednesday he was 0 for 16. He gets a little bloop single, and we saw the carryover uh, Thursday night. Homer triple, um, Homer and. Uh, and I think it was encouraging to see Lindor come around a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. we still haven't seen the Jose, uh, Francisco Lindor that we know. You know, he gets the single uh, after uh, Ramirez's triple in the, in the fifth inning there to put him up 3 nothing. He gets a walk in the big inning, the, the, seven run, the, seventh, the seventh inning. So maybe he's starting to come around here. And uh, they, certainly, they certainly need that. You got, two, you got two walks. Yeah. Right, he intentionally walked and then drew another walk. Right, and Carlos uh, Santana, while he didn't have any hits in the game, he he did draw four walks in the game. He was on base, uh, you know, which is a, a way to start getting him good as well. So you talk about the the top four in that that batting order being the catalysts, and and that certainly was the case uh, in last night's game. Uh, also, the case in last night's game again, starting pitching coming through, getting the job done. Carlos Carrasco. Boy, he, he, he looks like he's comfortable out there. He looked really good. Uh, in, in his last inning, uh, the, the sort of the, towards the end there, the, the sixth inning, uh, sort of faded out. It was, was spiking uh, change-ups into the ground. But uh, that was because 
you know, from from my vantage point, the uh, the umpire missed a uh, a one two change up at the bottom of the zone that would have been strike three on Joey Votto, and that led to a, an extra twenty pitches that uh, that Cookie had to throw. It cost him the seventh inning basically, but uh, for for everything you wanted out of Carlos Carrasco in last night's performance, that was that was about all you could ask. Uh, you know, he he really came through and gave them uh, exactly what eight what eight strikeouts in the game and uh, and six innings and you know looked looked strong. Yeah, did a nice job, Joe. And uh, I think Jerry Meals had a tough not, tough night behind the plate. Uh, the Reds certainly felt that that way. You know, yeah, Carlos is, is, if he got squeezed against Joey Votto, he got a break against. Uh, uh, Jesse, uh, uh, Jesse Winker, Winker when uh, when he got when he when Meals called him out and uh, to end the inning and and that really had, felt like that really felt like a makeup call uh, from yeah. watching here here on TV. Yeah. So David Bell got ejected and Winker got ejected. They made the, made a clean sweep right there. And uh, David Bell hopefully is how come how many times how many games can David Bell get kicked out of he's, in a sixty game season? But he he got kicked out of a game last year against the Indians as well, didn't he? he like, yeah, he. Yeah, I think he led the led the majors in. Uh, yeah, he got in kicked out eight times. That's that's <laughs> crazy. Because because nowadays you don't see umpires getting kicked out anymore. I mean, <laughs> when was the last? I can't even remember the last time Tito got got run out of a game. No, and, I, and David Bell is such a good guy. I I, I covered him when he played, and he's just a, you know a quiet guy. It's just like his dad. But his dad got his dad could chirp, and he he when he was a bench coach with the Indians, he got kicked out of a few games. Buddies, because they, they they got that they got that uh that aggra- that uh, uh competitiveness. Well, uh, it's funny you bring up a you know father and son combination. Of course, uh, last night featured Delano De Shields for the first time in the Indians lineup after being activated Thursday afternoon. Uh, Delano De Shields, senior, the first base coach for the Reds. I guess you know last uh, earlier in spring training, I think they exchanged the lineup cards in one of the uh, the preseason games, um, but. You know, last night, DeShields comes through, leads off that seventh inning with a really nice at-bat uh, against Jose De Leon. Uh, you know, you could tell when he went up there that his approach was to try to stay inside the ball and take it to right field. Fouled a couple of pitches off down the right field line and then finally laced a single, his first hit of the year, to right field. Comes around to score on a Carlos Santana walk with the bases loaded. Uh, he draws another walk later on in that inning that, that forces home a run. And, and really, for, for Delano DeShields, it's just really good to see him be able to get out there and do that and, and actually have an impact on a game uh, for, for a guy who we didn't know if he was going to make a difference at all this year. Yeah, that was encouraging, Joe. And as many outfielders as the, as the Indians have shuffled through this lineup, you know, DeShields is kind of an established veteran. We, you know, you kind of – he's got some experience behind him. Uh, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll find out what we're going to get out of this guy. There's a, there's a guy that a reliable guy that, that Francona or Alomar can run out there. And I, I like the fact that the ball found him in the first two innings of that game. I mean, he's making plays all over the place in center mm-hmm. field. I felt bad for him. This guy is, he was probably, I bet he slept well last night. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I forget the, the batter was one of the first two innings where he took an extra base on him because the ball, went into the gap and, and DeShields either, you know, didn't get the ball in quick enough or wasn't able to get the ball in quick enough, uh, went for a double. But for the rest of the game, defensively, he showed you, you know, he's about as smooth as they come 
in, in center field. He can get to balls in gaps. He can you run balls down and, and look, you know, every bit of the part of a center fielder. Uh, my only worry in that whole scenario is Oscar Mercado playing left field because and, – and he really wasn't tested all that much last night. But, you know, Mercado had his struggles last year whenever he moved to left field. So uh, – but, you know, it, it's nice to think about the possibility of being able to put Mercado, DeShields, and Bradley Zimmer all out there in the outfield at once. You've got basically three center fielders playing the outfield positions. Uh, I defy you to try and put a ball in the gap against any one of those guys. Yeah, that would that that has they have some speed definitely. And uh, when you talk about Mercado in left field, all I think is all I can remember is that Mets series. Oh dear, <laughs> it wasn't just one <laughs> game; it was a whole series of that ball <laughs> finding him in left field and just just it was awful. But it was you know, awful. maybe he's grown since then. Who knows? It's fun to. I, I hope so. I'm sure he has. He's such a good guy. I think uh, he. I think he'll uh, hopefully. He, he comes out of it, but he's definitely more comfortable in center field. You can tell and, that. And he's starting to look a little more comfortable at the plate uh, as well. Uh, last night, one hit and five trips to the plate. Uh, and, but he did strike out four times. So, uh, you know, right, again, it's it, it's going to be up and down until he gets his feet under him this year, uh, I think. But the, the tide is turning for the Indians offense. Uh, the bullpen, again, last night, uh, looking looking pretty decent. It, Easy when it's a 13-run lead, but you had uh, Cam Hill, Phil Maton, and Adam Plutko come in and each pitch a scoreless inning. Uh, Hill got a hold, and, you know, he struck out two, looked really solid. Uh, just really got to feel good and confident about this this bullpen heading into the, the White Sox series this weekend. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, the Indians have four shutouts, and none of them are complete game shutouts. So the bullpen has, you know, come in and, and done a very nice job in all of them. Um, you know, uh, guys like uh, Whitgren and, like you said, Maton, uh, Plutko, Hill. It was good to see Plutko get an inning there just, uh, you know, to get ready uh, in case they need him this this uh, weekend. Uh, but, you know, you've got to like the back end of that bullpen, the way it's coming into shape, hand, you know, uh, consecutive saves, the way Karinchak has pitched, the way – you know, Alomar and, and Carl Willis have talked about him. Uh, you know, it's so, and, you know, we, and we, you know, you know, Perez, uh, Oliver Perez, we haven't seen a lot of Simber lately, have we? Not lately, but you got to figure tonight uh, in Chicago, if there's an opportunity to get Simber into the game, they're going to do that, especially with the, the right-handed bats that the, the, um, the White Sox can throw out there. There's going to be an opportunity for him to go out, go out and, and, and try and get an, an inning at least. Uh, you've got Savali going uh, tonight and Zach Plesak on Saturday, uh, Shane Bieber on Sunday. So things, uh, you know, stack up pretty nice uh, until you get to the Lucas Giolito matchup. But, but Giolito and Bieber on Sunday, that's that's something, you know, uh, a lot of people will be tuning in for that one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a that's a, a good uh, getaway matchup. If you've got a if we were if we were traveling and you had a flight uh, Sunday night, you'd be I bet you'd make that one. You wouldn't have right. to do it. quick game. Yes, <laughs> it'd be over fast. Well, and and also it, it sets up nice because there's an off day the next day, and then two against the Cubs, and then an off day after that. So you can empty your bullpen, you know, if you need to in that game. And not saying you'll you, you'll have to because it's Beaver, but. But who knows, uh, you know, if if that winds up a scoreless tie in the eighth inning, you can you can go and 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 
put some guys out there. So, uh, yeah, just the way that the thing's set up right now, as far as the standings go, the Indians now in second place. Uh, they've worked their way back up two and a half games behind Minnesota. Minnesota's been hot. Uh, they lost in a walk-off to Pittsburgh uh, yesterday, but they stand at 10-3, and three, the Indians at 8-6, and six, two and a half games back in the Central. Uh, but if you look at the run differential, uh, Minnesota's plus 29. They can, they can hit the ball, and they've been pitching, uh, you know, outstanding. So, uh, really, it's a good thing the, uh, the playoffs have expanded, Paul, because right now uh, the Indians sit in second place. They're in a playoff spot. With, with a long way to go, but, uh, you know, the way the race is shaping up, it's going to be Minnesota out in front probably for yeah. the, the, the foreseeable future. Yeah, we saw, some, we saw the offense and, and the Twins pitching last weekend at Target Field. I mean, they, they've done a great job. Maeda, I think, is going to make a big – I mean, he didn't – I think he got knocked around a little bit yesterday against the Pirates, but he's going to make a big, big difference – for that for that rotation and and or Odorizzi, I don't know if it's Odorizzi back. He was on the DL, but he yeah, was getting we didn't, close. We didn't see him. I, I haven't yeah. seen if he's in the rotation or not. But uh, but again, he was throwing bullpen, so he's he's close too. So that's only going to help them. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, let's let's go ahead and jump in and take a couple of questions here uh, from our listeners and our readers on subtext Indians. Uh, subtext is you can find at cleveland.com slash subtext subscribe for $3.99 a month and you get inside uh info from paul myself via text uh you can text us your questions or your uh, your thoughts regarding the indians so what are the uh what are the textures saying after last night's win well, this is from uh chris or this is from jim uh since no fans are at the ballparks do they still play uh take me out to the ball game the seventh inning stretch uh, I was originally told during the uh, the inter squad games. I don't think they did, but yeah. uh, I I haven't been. Uh, I, I've only been to a handful of games so far this year. Uh, Paul, do you do you recall if they're? I don't think so. It? They play, they play the national anthem, but I don't think they're they play the seventh inning. They, they play the seventh inning stretch. My right? my favorite part of the seventh inning stretch isn't even the seventh inning stretch. It's after the the take me out to the ball game is, is over, and you get to see Slider. And his uh, slider guiders, the uh, the girls that take him around the park when they get up on the bull, uh, the uh, the top of the dugout and they dance. That's my favorite part. But, yeah, that's but that's I don't know. I there's no mascots and or anything like that. So uh, I was told originally that they wouldn't be doing take me out to the ball game uh, during the games, but I could be wrong. Uh, we'll we'll find out the next time I get to the park. I'll I'll make a note of it. Yeah, uh, this is. Um... This is from uh, Steve Cornelius. Uh, are you planning to report on how the East Lake players are doing, especially the prospects? Are other teams allowed to scout those inter-squad games? Well, I know, Paul, you asked uh, about what was going on over at East Lake. Uh, you asked Chris Antonetti when we talked to him yesterday, uh, and, and he told us about the, the, the ability to scout and all that. Yeah, there is no, they can't, there, there are no scouts. There's no live scouting going on. Uh, at the big league ballparks or the uh, alternate training sites of any game of any teams, you know, training facilities. So uh, there's no scouting going on there. And, you know, it's kind of there and there's no media access allowed uh, at, at the, uh, the alternate site in East Lake at classic park. So it's kind of, uh, they're, they're in limbo there. I mean, we can check up, you know, we can ask questions. Uh, but uh, as far as statistics and, 
and who's doing what and who's, uh, you know, who's facing who. I mean, we've got some reports on guys on the uh, injured list, uh, like, um, you know, DeShields, uh, you know, he had a good game before he was activated and uh, Roberto Perez and uh, Tyler Naquin are working their way back. But uh, as far as, you know, who's doing what every day, no, we, we, we don't have access. And uh, I guess we're going to have to do a better job of trying to find stuff out or report, you know, ask some, ask people more questions. Right. About the, uh, about the prospects though, that, that kind of thing, they're there mostly for development. I mean, you're not going to ask uh, Chris Antonetti how, you know, uh, Brian Rocchio or uh, I'm sorry, Aaron Bracco and uh, George Valera are doing basically they're practicing every day. It's, it's not like they're getting in and, and competing or competing against other teams. So it's hard to get a real good assessment on any of those unless, you know, unless the news is bad, I think no news is good news for those kids. As long as they're, they're getting out there and having the ability to work every day, they're still ahead of the other, you know, players in the Indians development system who, who don't have that opportunity and aren't, you know, at the East Lake site right now. Yeah, so. definitely, Joe. And this is, this is from Bob from Strongsville. Isn't it time to write an article about the Indians' ineffective hitting coach, Ty Van Berkleo? Um, you know, other than that, other than the fact that Tito refuses to make coaching changes, regardless <laughs> of how bad their performance is, how many years of a struggling offense uh, will we have to endure? Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I've always thought it's it's uh, it's the uh, path of least resistance when you fire a coach, whether it's a pitching coach or a hitting coach, and and the pitching and hitting coaches are always the guys on the front line. When 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 that position and when their position players struggle and uh, you know so you know I think um, you know is there is uh, you know I just think this has been such a strange strange season that it's you know with two two spring trainings two ramp ups these players have been through and now you're playing games under you know safety protocols and and uh, empty stadiums and. You know the threat of a, a coronavirus. I just think uh, it, it's tough for me to tough for me to sit here and criticize. You know, a pitching or a hitting coach. Right, and I think it would be different if there was some sort of like gross negligence, like a guy wasn't doing his work or wasn't. If we had, you know, heard whispers or rumors of, uh, you know, a hitting coach who who didn't prepare the the, the hitters with, uh, you know, the advanced information ahead of time. But every time we ask Tito about Van Berglio, about Victor Martinez, he repeatedly says, that, you know, these guys are there every day putting in the, the work and the preparation that these hitters need. They, they have the hitters prepared. They can't go up to the box and swing the bat for the, for, for the hitters. So if you're looking at only the results as a way to assess Ty Van Berglio, Victor Martinez, the, uh, the Indians hitting coaches, I, I think that's you, you're not going to be successful there. I think you, you need to look at do the guys do they have these guys prepared uh, and, and give them the information that they they need from game to game. And the answer to that, uh, according to Terry Francona, is yes. So yeah, there, I don't see the, a reason to make any changes there. Uh, here's another one from Bob from Louisville. How serious is uh, Roberto Perez's shoulder injury? I, from everything we've heard so far, he's begun a, a light throwing program uh, over at Eastlake. He, he could be back uh, around the 10-day the timetable, uh, you know, possibly by the, the, 
beginning or middle of next week. Who knows? But uh, I don't think it was anything super serious that would have required anything more than a little bit of rest. Otherwise, you, you, we would have heard about it already. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think and you know, I, I do think, you know, it's, it's going to take the ten, full, full 10 days. He's probably, I don't, I'm not sure when he went on, but, you know, he's, he's got to throw. And throwing is such a big part of his game. So, you know, he's, he's still got to, if he's just playing catch now, he's going to have to, throw, you know, start throwing to the bases again. Um, he's going to have to, you know, get tested in some, some game action. So I think that's still, it's still a while away. I mean, it's, you know, you miss Roberto Perez's bad. And, I, you know, I, I guess that's, that's a strange thing to say. But after last year, you know, he really showed some power. And uh, you're seeing, you know, what a, what a two-way catcher, what a difference he can make. I mean, Sandy Leone has done a, and Bo Taylor have done a good job handling the pitching staff. But, you know, that's, that's a dark hole in the, in the lineup when it comes to offense. All right, Paul. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Looking forward to uh, a weekend series in Chicago. Uh, and then uh, and then an off day on Monday. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, we haven't been able to say that in about uh, almost three weeks. 17 so, straight games. Yeah, well, well, we had one rain out, I believe. But, uh, yeah, 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 right. But, right. you know, still, that's, that's a, a lot of baseball in the, in the first three weeks of, of action here. Uh, so we will catch up with you again later, uh, beginning probably, we probably won't see you until Tuesday. Uh, yeah. And, uh, hopefully maybe Tito will be back by then. We'll see. That's, see that's you. the hope. That's the hope. Fingers crossed. All right. We'll talk to you again later on the Cleveland baseball talk podcast. All right, Joe.